Hey, and welcome to the show, and I want to give a big shout out to Starbucks. Thanks for my quad espresso drink. Thanks for taking care of me every time I come through the drive-thru. Not very sustainable, but it does get my day rocking. Enjoy the show! Welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone! Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Critical Thinking for Everyone. Everyone, everyone. We are so glad that you're here, and uh, we want to thank you for making the time to come talk to us. I'm Brian Barnes. And I'm Patty Payette. And we are the Critical Thinking for Everyone team here at Forward Radio. Boom. Boom, she says. Yeah, Yeah, we, every week, we, well, every week we bring to you a fresh interesting podcast or radio show uh-huh. depending on how you're accessing us yeah that helps you think better in the world we think so yeah we think so and yeah. i think we've gotten some feedback that people tend to like the show in mm-hmm. part because we are totally nerdy academic types oh yeah who like to make this real and accessible oh yeah we certainly do and um you know, we're just trying to bring some of this stuff to the ground. And if you want to talk about it, you can reach back out to us. If you say, oh, you guys didn't quite hit the mark or whatever, or just more Patty and less Brian or whatever you think. Or then more Brian. No one says less that. Patty. No one says that. But anyway, um, you can go to Facebook at Critical Thinking for Everyone. And we would be absolutely tickled to field any of your comments. Yeah, and to show suggestions and things like that. Yeah. Um, Now, I said we have a fresh show every week, but actually we have been alternating the new shows on the off weeks uh, that we have reruns. And our reruns, because we've been doing this show since 2017, our reruns probably sound a little bit fresh because you probably haven't heard them in a while. Oh, man. Well, and I think that, you know, they were fresh and we captured them mm-hmm. in a sort of audio. Like a fresh flash freeze. Yeah, yeah. Thing. An audio Ziploc bag. Mm. Threw it in the freezer and uh, it's just ready for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to think of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we hope that you're liking those. And uh, once again, feel free to send us a comment or like if you're like, oh, hey, I would love to have number blah, blah, blah on the old uh, radio again that would yes. sure you know you could always make some suggestions yeah maybe there's a favorite show like when i gave brian a quiz of who said it spock versus socrates yeah that might that's be that's a good one mm-hmm, that, they, that could be one um i also uh want to thank justin mogg for uh for writing in and providing a couple of jokes um after he realized that perhaps we needed a little help in this area. Yeah, Justin is a probably our most loyal listener. And a real winter weather lover. Yes. It's our, his favorite time yeah, of year. A couple yeah. shows ago, we did something about the, the, psyche, the psychic weight of winter on yeah. many of us. Yeah. And uh, Justin wrote in, gave us a little feedback. Yeah. And sent some jokes. Yeah, he did. He did. He said, uh, for example, that maybe our comments here on critical thinking and everyone were quite fair. Yeah, maybe fair and balanced. He said, if we're going to talk about people who don't, who find winter to be a slog, Mm -hmm. maybe we should talk about people who love winter. Well, and I mean, that's useful because he's, he's talking about providing alternative points of view, which is definitely a critical thinking idea. Yeah, exactly. We 
espouse the value of seeing an issue from different points of view. And so thank you, Justin, for reminding us that even our own show topics need to reflect that multiple points of view. Yeah, and that we should have maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe we should have some more precision or something, or maybe maybe he's challenging our logicalness. I know he, he probably just has an emotional sort of um, affection for winter weather. It's probably not anything rational. Maybe, you maybe. Know? He's probably just lashing out as an angry... <laughs> listener who feels maligned. Look, fighting words. I mean, he's already crossed over. Politics have already failed. But then in his message, he has a smiley emoji. So that's how he draws you in. That's how he draws you in. Yeah. He's like one of those, um, one of those creatures in nature, you know, that has the smiley face on it. (laughs) Justin is a complex human being. And a a hell of a racquetball player. Yeah, he is. He's got a man of many talents. He he is competing uh, along with me for the University of Louisville Campus Racquetball Championship this week. Oh, when is that? What? Uh, we're going to play on Wednesday. Yeah. And so by the time this thing comes out on Thursday, the truth will be known. Wow. Well, a best of luck to both of you. Oh, I can't show favorites right now. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, anybody can check out how it turned out if you want to go to the UofL intramural website. And you'll see all of the campus winners of all of the intramural that's competitions. Exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. little competition. Good. If you care about such toes. things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The championship game was best two out of three, friends. Dr. Mogg took the first game. In fact, he crushed me. It was terrible, I thought. Oh, what am I even doing out here? I think it was five to nothing. You played a 15 in case you're not much of a racquetballer. At, at five to nothing, I thought, you know, maybe I can just coast through the rest of this one and just save my energy. So anyway, that isn't exactly what happened. I came back quite a bit, but uh, was not sufficient. And um, yeah, it was 0-1 in favor of Justin. And then it was my turn. And, uh, you know, I had to change a couple of things about the way I was playing. I thought it through. Definitely some critical thinking stuff going on there. And uh, I was able to come up with a much stronger second game, which I won. So then we're at 1-1. And then we've got one final game for the gold medal round of the racquetball championship at UofL. And so, um, well, anyway, Justin won. I mean, it was a hard-fought game. I was up, he was up, I was up, he was up, and then I was down. And uh, congratulations to Justin Mogg for absolutely tearing it up at the U of L Intramural Racquetball Tournament. I'll see you in 2023, young man. Well, let's share some of Justin's jokes that he said are courtesy of his partner, Amanda's dad, Bob Fuller. Hey, thanks, Bob. I don't know if you listen to the show, but uh, if you do, we are really happy that you do. And thanks for the jokes. jokes Okay. I purposely did not look at the jokes again so that I could have a fresh reaction from me. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, this one, this one, I think Justin curated just for you. Okay. This is actually maybe for both of us. It's not a, it's not the sort of thing that I'm going to ask you anything. Just ask you for your response. Okay. And, and, you know, we'll see if you agree or disagree based upon the multiple shows that we have had on Critical Thinking for Everyone where we have looked into the reality of uh, Bigfoot. Oh, 
yes, we have yes. at least two shows where we really had fun diving into the Bigfoot wilderness and um, not even the beliefs yeah yeah the will the the bigfoot courtroom even even yeah in fact you know what we might want to circle back and find out whatever happened to that lawsuit about the woman uh wanting to sue for the uh Mm -hmm. public uh no public organization Mm -hmm. that uh refused to pursue her claims that she saw Bigfoot on a trail. Yeah, a she wanted trail. Yeah, she wanted the California Parks Department That's to put up was. warning signs about Bigfoot. Right. Because right. you know they have yeah. them for bears and stuff. Yeah, we might want to yeah. check that out and find out what happened to that. Let's oh, okay man. so so we do Brian and I love our Bigfoot mythology and jokes and stuff. So And and to be honest, in case you haven't listened to the show much, one thing you should recognize is we also love the Bigfoot reality. That is not to say that we're fetishists. What that is to say, however, is that we would be fine if this was real. Like, we're looking at it with the eye, at least I am, and I think Patty is too. We're looking at the eye, and we're looking at all this stuff with, the, with an eye of fair-mindedness, and we're saying, look, you're making a claim. Does this in any way match up with reality? Like, can we accept this claim as good thinkers? Is that something right. that makes any That's sense? That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. And so... It's it's just that so far there hasn't been a lot of there, there. Well, but, you know, we haven't delved in a while. It would be kind of fun to look into that. People have been looking into it for a couple <laughs> millennia or something. I don't All know, right. as long as there's been a, a record of such things. All right, let's get to the joke. Bigfoot, yes, as you may know, is often confused with Sasquatch. Oh, uh, they're not the same thing. Yet he never complains. Oh, but in foam. It's okay. a it's a deep cut for you, uh, hairy Bigfoot lovers. Is it the same thing? Is Yeti a type of monster? I think the Yeti is the um, is the cold weather version. Really? Yeah, I think you see the Yeti. I think the Yeti's often white. Oh, like in the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer cartoon. That that yes. Herb animation yeah i know what you're talking about okay (laughs) sasquatch bigfoot same thing i don't know i mean bigfoot is like the colloquial i think that we should be careful of of ethnic and cultural distinctions between the different types of big feet okay i'm i'm fine with that let's not i don't really know what they are i'm just saying yeah this might be an example let's not be clumsy when we don't know the etiquette here right because i i do have a pretty good sense of what bigfoot means and i'm familiar with that construction sasquatch on the other hand is sort of like well if i didn't know what it referred to yeah but you know what it would be kind of fun to delve into that a little bit all the all this research behind it but we like that stuff what's the next we might do some more yeah. Do you know why air at the gas station used to be free, but now it costs money to put air in, into tires? Inflation. That's right. Okay. That's right. Nice. It's so nice. funny. Give me a high five. Yes. Well it's done. so well funny done. that you should be saying that because I'm having a tire uh, inflation issue right now. Right now, as we speak, your your tires are probably losing air. Yeah, we're having. I'm having that issue right now, so it's just funny. This should be. Are you? It, do you do you just have to change out your tires or put in? I'm some... taking it to the tire place tomorrow to, and it's fair relative. They put the tire on, and they. Uh, I need them to figure out what's going on. There you and go. And so there you go. It's funny that we should be bringing this up because there's a critical thinking element with it. What's the critical thinking element? Is that. When my spouse and I disagree mm. as to what the 
entire issue is mm -hmm. based on scanty evidence. Okay. Okay. And so critical thinking, okay, so let's just pause for a moment as this is a great example for you, for all of you listeners out there going, what is the value of critical thinking in my everyday life? This oh, is yeah. a perfect example. And, and, and it is very likely at this portion in the show that people are asking that question. Yeah, they're like, what's the point of these two What are we even listening on? to here? This yeah. is the worst talk show I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah, so folks, bear with me because the example I'm about to give you is, and, and I'm a seasoned critical thinking, and I admit I get tripped up on my own you know, thinking with a situation like this. All right, so, well, let's hear about your situation. Okay, so here's the, here's the issue. Right. I'm in this, one of the vehicles that okay. we own, okay. and like other many other vehicles, not all, it okay. has a information screen that will alert you at the dashboard when there's something going on with tire pressure in your yeah. car. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. So it not only has a little diagram of the car and it will actually light up like which tire mm -hmm. and it will say next to that the PSI number. So that's sure. What is that? Uh, air uh, pounds per square pounds inch. For, yeah, this yeah. it's which is a way to measure how much air is in the tire, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Okay, so it says 31. Okay. So in this particular car, I think the range is more like the normal or the in, like high, inflated range or the number you want to go for. I think it's like 33, 34. So 31 is not that low. However, mm. three weeks ago we had the same problem. Okay. And it was super cold. Okay. Remember, it was super right. cold. And right. so my husband was like, well, it's really cold out. And when that happens, it, yep. it can mess with your tire yep. pressure, yep. okay? Right. So I was like, okay, fair, but I feel better. Let's go to the gas station, let's inflate the tires and see. Okay. So we go to the gas station, okay. we inflate the tires. Okay. Seems to be better. Okay. Fast forward to last week, all of a sudden, it's it's a little bit warmer, it's a little cold, but the weather's warmer, it shows up again. Sure. And I say to myself, okay. At first I wanted to be like, oh, it's probably just the weather and it's only it's only down by a couple numbers is probably no big deal. But then right. I say to myself, wait a minute. A, it's warmed up, mm -hmm. so we can't blame this on the weather. Sure. And B, sure. these are relatively new tires. Okay. And so it could be a, a, a very slow leak. And sure. when we put the air in, it took care of it. But now it's a couple of weeks later. It's so very so it could be a nail or something in there. Yeah, so yeah. I'm taking it back. And so my husband tends to be more like, eh, it's just the cold weather. And I'm more like, mm, let's get, let's double check. Let's check our assumptions and let's take it back to the place that just put the new tires on like two months ago and have them inspect it because it'll be free and then I'll get answers. Like I want to check my assumptions and let a professional look at it as opposed to just, oh, let's just put some more air in and hope it takes care of it and then end up having to do this every two or three weeks till finally it's like, let's get someone to look at it. Let's just get someone to look at it now. Okay. Well, that's fair. I mean, what do you think about the idea that you could call the tire place and ask them if this is normal? Well, I could do that. And according to my spouse, that person at the tire place actually told him once about a different car, said if I could change anything about cars, I would get rid of that thing that tells people that their tire pressure is low because <laughs> they, he actually said that. So that sort of is influenced now Ed's thinking. I see. You see? Yeah. Well, the sen I mean, I mean, there's a sensor in every valve stem. Okay. And the sensor is what tells the car mm -hmm. if there's a problem. That's helpful. And those sensors, as my understanding is, they go bad faster than the tire. 
Fascinating. Okay. But usually they don't just replace the sensor. Usually they replace the whole tire. OMG. I mean, that's, that's that's my understanding from people who deal in these big tire places. See, that's good to know. Right. That's really good to know. So that's like I a, guess the sensor's a, a, a much less expensive item. That's crazy. Well, you know what? I'm taking it back to the tire place, mm. and I am using a process of critical thinking by checking my assumptions, which is first mm. that there could be a slow leak in the tire. So let's check that assum mm. or mm -hmm. let's check that possible implication mm -hmm. by having them look at it, especially because they just put the new tires on just so recently. Yeah. And so. So you wouldn't expect in exactly, to do anything. Exactly. So I just take it and let them. I drop it off and let them do their thing and obviously they're they better not be they won't be trying to sell me a new tire so <laughs> well, well they I'm, might be but i won't be i'm sure you have the warranty or whatever yeah, with yeah, those yeah. tires yeah 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 so sure. anyway it's just funny you should mention that and now i just took you down the rabbit hole on my own personal um automobile issue well that's okay because one of the things we want to do with our critical thinking show is we want to provide examples from our own lives where we can examine our own thinking one of the things about critical thinking is that people often want to talk about other people's thinking. Yeah. Right? So they want to say, somebody else's thinking was poor, and let me show you that. Or, I really like someone else's thinking. And what they often do, what they're often doing is they're signaling a certain agreement or disagreement by bringing up someone else's thinking. So interesting. And... A very important part about the power and the opportunity we have to look at our own thinking. Because oh, yeah. we, okay, so I just, I just picked up that new book about chatter called Chatter, okay. which is about the voice in your head. Which I don't have. And the, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was thinking, I was funny you should say that because I was thinking about what you said on the show one time. Yeah. You said, there's no voice in my head, no. it's just me. That's right. It's just me in yeah, there. That's right. Okay, but this book, yeah. is about the way we talk to ourselves. Well, and I know for a lot of people, they report that there is a voice in their head that they can't turn off, that is right. a constant right. critic. Right. And I remember Richard Paul, our mentor in critical thinking, yes. saying that one of the things that we end up doing as critical thinkers is we create a voice or a persona inside of our own thinking that can apply the standards objectively. Because it's just doing, that's all it does. And we create that. That's not a multiple personality thing. That's just sort of like we make these standards part of our thinking. So that's a, that's a great point. I'm sure the book doesn't, okay. doesn't agree with that. Okay, now, now the part of the reason I'm reading the book is I'm interested, but also yeah. I want to bring it back to the show and see if there's some good nuggets. Yeah, I've, great. You know? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Are we ready to talk about, uh, we're 18 minutes in, almost 19 minutes into the show, and people are like, is this show just going to be some jokes? And no, we actually have a critical thinking topic to think through. I mean, we do have more jokes, though. Okay. Let's do one more joke. How do you deal with a fear of speed bumps? Mm. Deal with a fear of speed bumps. I don't know. According to this particular thinker, you slowly get over it. Oh. Mm. Oh, my gosh. How about that? And there's well, there are more jokes from Justin Mogg, and I just want to say thank you very much. But um, the um, the show's uh, general manager has uh, given us the signal to uh, to just move, move on down on. the road. Yep. Save the jokes. Yeah. And 
I'm the, not even going to. I'm on. not going to go into the speed bump rabbit hole right now, but I could. Sure. Given that was such a hot topic in our neighborhood. Oh yeah, definitely. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Well, we could. We could. Come on, move on! Uh, sorry, yeah. But really, we, we can't we can... tell our speed bump Come story, on, even if on. even if it's related to critical thinking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay, all right. What a jerk! Okay. Hey, stop it, jerk! <laughs> it's our show. This show's for oh, everyone, man. especially people who care about speed bumps. Especially, all right. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole right, because well, we might be able to slip it in later. We might be able. Okay, yeah. and and we might get a huge. A wave of public support for me going into that. So if you all want to really yeah. hear more about that, then let us know. And what I'd like to see, frankly, is the public swarm the booth and take that jerk out of there. <laughs> but <laughs> I digress. Oh, back fun. to the back to okay. the show. Okay. Love so ya. today's <laughs> show, the person that you want to have in your mind for the show is Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo, the builder. Yes, Marie Kondo. No, well, well known for Marie Kondo, fa fashionable the, the, apartment the, buildings. The uh, well-known author of the life-changing magic of tidying up, the uh, the the, yeah. the, de the declutter organization guru. Now that's a that's a different bit of thinking, right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I came across a couple articles about how you think your way through. The problem of clutter in your life. Oh yeah, okay. and how clutter affects your thinking. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I, thought, I read, I read some of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So now you and I have never talked about this topic. This tends to be a topic like we that, did talk about what? this. What yeah, we did on we a did. prior show? We did talk about. I don't remember that? We talked. We didn't talk about clutter. We talked about her method per oh, se. Oh, we did. Yeah, and I don't remember exactly why. It came up in a. It prior seems show. like it's going to be fresh for everybody, including us. Yeah, because yeah. um, well. So for those of you, just a quick refresher, Marie Kondo, several years ago, um, made a big splash. Yeah, Japanese woman made a huge splash with this new book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, about that walks people through the process mm -hmm. of getting rid of too much stuff in their life yep. and how to organize the stuff you do have. Yep. And... Um, I, I just wanted to hit a couple things about her work, and then I thought I would share a little bit of the research about the why clutter and the, and the connection to, to feelings and emotions and thinking, and then there's some great research and tips on how to how to get clutter out of your life. Okay. So. Okay. And I've, I've I've read her book and oh, I've seen her show. Oh, you have read her book. You yeah, did. Yeah, and I I've didn't done know some that. of her method. You have. Oh, yep. okay. So I'm happy wow, to. Wow, I had no idea. React. Yeah. Well, what first? My first question is what, what compelled you to get into Marie Kondo world? Like, what compelled you to do that? Oh, um, my girlfriend wanted to try it. Oh, and you together. Yep. So yep. this was like a commitment together. And yep. what, yep. as a result of do of reading the book and doing it together, what did you two do? Like, what was well, the upshot? I'll just talk about what I did. Okay. So what I did, or what you learned and what you well, did. Well, what I focused on were two. What was one big idea, really? Yeah. And and that was uh, the idea that you should be able when you open up a drawer or a cabinet, right. You should be able to see everything in it, mm -hmm. which is not something that these things are designed for, right? Because in a lot, of, especially like bathroom cabinets or whatever, I mean, things sit behind things. Oh, right. right? They're the depth. They might be deep where right. you, yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. drawers are often like that too, yeah. right? Such right. that things, yeah. and, and the way that I, just a very mundane example, t-shirts, right? right? Of which I've got 
too many, um, as a lot of men do, I guess. Like, just from things that you do, right? right and they you give you a t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah, right. yeah, whatever. And you're in some group and they give you a t-shirt. And so so I got all these t-shirts and I like, yeah, I like the t-shirts. Um, I I started getting rid of a bunch of them. I yes. uh, had a few of them, a couple of, a whole bunch of them actually turned into a quilt, which oh, is that's great. that's nice. I yeah. love that Yeah, idea. because there are a lot of t-shirts that I like. Sentimental. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. do I still need to wear the t-shirt from 1980, whatever? I don't think so. That's so, neat. Um, so at any rate, the the drawer where I had all the t-shirts, essentially the way that I folded them, you could see something like 10 t-shirts, but there were something like 50 t-shirts in there. Okay. Big drawer. Right. But I had no idea really what was under any given oh, t-shirt. And so what I did was I used her method to start putting my t-shirts in such that I could see them in right. a way that I could just identify them by a small piece right. of like the you, shirt. Right, like you fold them in a specific way and yep. then you can see all of them at a glance. That's right, okay. that's right. Yeah. And, I, and I was able by changing the folding method to fit all of these t-shirts wow. into the drawer such that I can then see them. Um, it still gets cluttered because there's just a, a lot of them, right? right? Okay. And so I've done this with other spaces as well, right? And I can't yeah. say that I have managed to do it with all spaces. And frankly, um, I'm not even sure as much as like, I, I kind of, I like things organized. Mm-hmm. I also, for a lot of these things, it would be, it might be better for me if it was just, there was stuff in a box and there was a list on the outside of the box. Of what was in there. Yeah, and yeah. then I could just put the box somewhere. Yeah. And not, you know, because that that t- like that amount of time makes a little bit more sense in some cases than sitting around and trying to organize the things such that when I open that, you can see I can everything. see everything. Okay, so... I also tried to think about the stuff, the whole Spark Joy thing, oh, which was yeah. the big idea. Right. And that did, that did in my first round of getting rid of stuff after... Yeah, after I read her stuff. That was... One of the helpful ideas. I don't know that I care that much about that idea now, but it's in my mix somewhere. Okay, so yeah, the idea is that you touch everything you own and you ask yourself, does this spark joy? And if it doesn't, it needs to go out. Yeah, away. Yeah, one of the things of that I do instead of that is I, 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 I consider an item and I, I, just, I just think about how this item hits me. Yeah. And if it's negative, it's gone. Yeah, that's what she's like. If it's any other emotion, <laughs> if it's right? Anything, like yeah. if it's guilt yeah, or if any, it's like, whatever. like Goodbye. you feel guilty, like, oh, I bought this and I didn't use it. And so that a lot of times people, including myself, will hold on to it. Yeah. When in yeah. fact, yeah. the guilt means get, get rid of it. Well, yeah. And in some so. cases, of course, you need the thing. So, yeah. like, I probably got way too many tools because I go, oh, well, I couldn't, you know, what if this tool breaks and I need a, you know. Yeah. So, it's hard for me, anyway, with something like tools, but especially for something, for stuff like electronics or whatever, it's made it yes. way easier because it's like, this is from 1965. Yeah, like, I don't need it. Yeah. Well, my mom told me once years ago something that really stayed with me that was a helpful thing that I try to use. I'm not perfect when I'm trying to clear or get rid of stuff. But she said, I, if, let's use your example of tools. Mm. And you're like, oh, I got too many tools for this space. Mm. But I, I really do, I don't want to winnow because I might need yeah. this. Yeah, or yeah. what if this? And you know, yeah. she says, guess what? Home Depot is going to hold on to it for you. No, for sure. You know, So this idea, like, like if you say, but, but what if I need that? Guess what? Walgreens or Home Depot or Target or 
They're gonna have. They're gonna hold it for you. They are, except you need it. Except it's four hundred dollars. Well, get it from okay, them, that's. So. I know, I know. That yeah. probably doesn't work with maybe a four hundred dollar uh, thing, but uh, it, where it might work with lots of stuff where you're like, it does. You know, the off chance I'm gonna need this lanyard. Well, you that, know what I mean? I better yeah. hold on to it. This yeah. these three lanyards. It's like, well, no. Well, that's something need, that I did you know. in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you sifted through. Oh yeah, stuff. because it's like, oh, definitely gotta have a backstop. No. Yeah. No, we don't. Yeah. The store has every yeah. bit of it. I'm yeah. actually pretty good at uh, winnowing our, I'm pretty good at winnowing our kitchen. I could improve that, but, mm. um, okay. So here, I want to talk a little bit. Oh, so I'm really glad you tried the Marie Kondo mm. and it's changed your life. <laughs> sure. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So let's stuff. talk a little bit about why, why having too much stuff is, a. Uh, uh, an issue for your thinking and maybe even your your mental health. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so first of all, I think this is really interesting. The idea of this definition of clutter or or a concept, if you want to think about this definite or concept of clutter, is literally too much stuff for the space. Right. Like like if you boil it down to that, I'm right. like, oh, too much stuff for that space. Right. That I like that because yeah. it's. Yeah. I was talking with a friend of mine last summer who actually works for a home organization goes in and does this and she says one trick is to like look at a shelf or look at a drawer and then just say I can only have as much stuff as neatly fits in this drawer or like you said could be you know that I can see what's yeah, in yeah, here yeah. anything beyond that means I gotta go so so for example I have a very deep shelf in my kitchen full of vases different size vases different and I actually use them year-round okay. I like to have a different vase almost switch it out every week with with fresh flowers. Hmm. And well my vase collection has grown. Sure. Oh and yeah. And now it started to creep a little bit onto the shelf below. Okay. So I, this is a good example of me I need to go into that shelf and go, okay, I can only have as many vases as fit on this sure. cabinet and this sure. shelf in this cabinet and once it's full, sure. And so that's a that's a very doable for me and I like that idea that by space. Oh yeah, and of course this is very counter to. Um, I read some things that that I've read some things yeah. that criticize this method, yeah. and this is very counter to typical American cultural oh, thinking. Oh God! Right? Yes. Because that says that you know you take those vases and maybe maybe put them in the basement. Like if you don't want them there, you know right. you you put them, but you put them somewhere. You like like you or keep you them. buy something to store them in. You could well, well right? if you're gonna That's... put them in the basement, you should you, yes. you would need to. Yeah. 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 So you don't really get rid of stuff, right? Yes. You we store it, and so that's one of the reasons. Oh, and also, there's the somebody talked about the American tendency toward abundance, oh, and the God. Japanese tendency towards sort of minimalism in an aesthetic, at least classically speaking. Right. And how those are sort of at odds when you try to apply this in a Western context. Oh, because right, because as one of the articles I read pointed out, Amer the one of the American values is on things, material yeah. thing, accumulation of things. Lots of stuff. That make that's supposed to make me happy. Right, right. So why do I pull into my garage and look around and see all this stuff? Right. And it feels a little stressful because it's so much stuff. I'm supposed to the American way says that's supposed to be the good life. All this crap. Well, right, and also because when I have all that crap, I'm ready for anything, right. which Americans. You know, I suppose dig like we want to be sort of we want to have the gear 
for whatever comes up. And that goes back to me right. maybe having a tough time getting rid of tools, by the way. Right, yeah. Right. yeah well, yeah. it's like the aspirational stuff. I got to keep those 20-year-old <laughs> ice skates because I might go ice skating one time in right. the next 20 right. years. Well, or what if someone comes over and they yes. need some ice skates? Right. And there they would be, except I just decided right. I needed empty space on the wall. Right. 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 You and go, but you might right. need the empty and space. Exactly. <laughs> so they, they have this this term called, and this is an article called Five Reasons Why Clutter Disrupts Mental Health. Uh. It's from um, uh, Dr. Susan Whitborn from uh, Psychology Today. Uh. She says it's something called the clutter effect. Clutter effect. And so this is this recent cluster of studies that said that clutter and having too much stuff mm. in your space mm. can actually Im increase stress, can impact your life satisfaction, your physical health, and your cognition. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so they said, it was really interesting, they actually said that, get this, when you have clutter, one study that the University of New Mexico did that the clutter compromises an individual's perception of home and ultimately feelings of satisfaction with life. So mm. home is supposed to feel calming, a retreat from the world, a safe space, that if you have so much stuff, it can actually it almost create a kind of emotional static that keeps it from feeling calming hmm. Hmm. home. They actually also said, this is a really interesting study, that when you are talking with someone, if the background is really cluttered, you actually don't hear them the same way as if it was a plain background. Oh, interesting. Yeah, huh. like the visual clutter huh. actually impacts Weird. possibly. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I've noticed that, but sure. Yeah. Well, think about it this way. Think like if you see if you see a speaker on stage, a yeah. lot of times, right? There's just a very minimalist background. Right. The picture, like if there was a fully furnished room, mm -hmm. right, and your your <clears throat> eye is trying to take all that in right. and make sense of it while you're listening. I well, thought that do, was really interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely plays. I mean, the background definitely plays. There's no question. I mean, we see that we see that in all sorts of stage productions, right? I mean, you you want yeah. that if you're trying to involve it in the storytelling, but I suppose it could just as easily be a distraction yeah and they yeah. say even in the workplace like yeah. if your office is too cluttered they have this thing called mental hygiene right that uh <laughs> they say that um Lost research it. has veered more toward mental than physical comfort a case can be made for the workplace being as clutter free as we know from this other research so it's not just home can be calming hmm. but you're you if you can create your office to be a more comfortable space yeah then it actually sort of, again, is like good mental hygiene. It, it, yeah. it, it lets you show up fully present yeah. for, your, for your job. Um, and you're like, this is, again, very practical, but some of the research and some of the advice is like, when you don't have to spend all this time looking for something, then like, let's say you're in a kitchen that's very cluttered and you're trying to make a meal and you're like trying to find the right ingredients, and you're opening a thing to try to find the right pan, but there's too many pans in there, and you're trying to move them around. Like, it, it actually takes more time and effort sure. to do that when you have to hunt down and try to find the things. Sure, sure. I mean, it does, though. The problem is, and we all know this, I think, in the modern world, I mean, the problem is that space is really a premium. 
You know, mm. like like space costs money, like more That's square true. feet costs money. That's true. And a lot of us don't have a massive amount of money to put into, you know, something like making sure that we don't have cluttered cabinets right no, I mean, that's a good that's a good point because you you live in a space that is not like you don't have tons of extra closets oh, and yeah. drawers so, so right? small so small so how yeah. do you balance that it's how like you... it's like the same way the japanese do <laughs> really well like how do you manage that when you well at some point you got to say there's no more stuff that comes in here really oh yeah yeah, and I mean, it's some, and you got to be assiduous with things like trash and oh, right. and stuff like that. But I mean, it's very tough, you know, when you have, um, you know, a bunch of a bunch of different animals and stuff and people in the space, and it's just you everyone just, has needs. Well, everyone you know, has needs. Well, it's just, yeah. there, and there's only so much. You know, some of the spaces are functional, and so you end up with with more space, um, you know, that's full than you really you know, necessarily think about when you just look at square footage. Cause like you got to have a workstation here and you got to have, you know, a table here and you got to have, you know, different mm -hmm. pieces of the furniture. Screen. Where's the screen going to go? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, I don't use that a lot except for right. this laptop business, but at any rate, yeah. I mean, I do think that when you live in a small space, you have to just really be careful. And of course I have, you know, I have a, a full storage locker, right? Which is another thing. You do? I do. You it's, do? Yeah, it's, it's on site, um, but it's definitely, you know, a storage locker. So, full I mean, of stuff. it's got stuff in it. It's got stuff that I need if I need to repair the place mainly, or oh, if I need I to do see. cleaning and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if I didn't have that little space, it would, God, no, who knows where it would be? I mean, I don't even know where I'd put trunk it. Trunk of your car. <laughs> it's got, I've got stuff in the trunk of the car. That's one thing that happens for sure when you have a small space is that you end up sticking stuff all over the place, right? Because you're like, ah, I'd love to get stuff out of here like and put I'll it somewhere else. Like, I just put this on top of the fridge. You know, it's funny that we're—it's funny that we're talking about this because let me just give you—we um, in the houses that we've owned, I think this is our third house we've owned, and the prior houses that we owned, the kitchens were really, really small. And okay. you know me, I love to cook and bake. Sure. And so I literally had to put the baking ingredients behind the cereal boxes. Like I didn't have any, and so it really impeded my motivation to bake because I'm like, well, now I got to move all these cereal boxes out. I got to get on a, like a stool, step sure, stool and sure. like reach in there and find all the, and it really, when we, when we got a, a, a kitchen, mm. I like, my dream was I want a cabinet that I can just open like this and it has all my baking stuff. And it does. And it's so satisfying well, to just reach in cool. when I want to bake. Mm, I mean sure. that it sounds like a small thing, but it can really impact when you're like, ugh, the effort do I, you know, to find what I need to find to get my hands on the things I need. Oh no, for sure. I mean, a lot of times I've lived in places where these things are in boxes, right? So you've got like oh. a box full of spices, or you've got a box of pans. Oh, now that would be. Yeah, and so wow. you're just, I mean, you're just forever going in there and just pulling out everything, and you know, trying to find oh. one thing, and then you, you know, you don't even know when you don't have stuff, right? Especially if you have roommates and stuff like that. So yeah, um, yeah, that can be that can be it's a tough. real headache, and in that sense, I definitely see how the clutter creates a problem. Yeah. So a couple other, before we get into some of the advice on what to do, one of the things they also said that, um, that a material having too much stuff, they say can actually clog up your neural networks. The theory is that you'll be slower and less efficient if you have like all of this stuff, like too much stuff 
to think about. Like it's literally too much stuff to think about. Mm. And mm. it actually is just, it's like the mental weight of all this stuff mm. mm-hmm. can actually impede, they said, you know, like memory tasks or because it's sort of weighing you down a little bit. Well, I mean, that is, you know, if we're going to talk about really great memory function, like we, yeah. we talked before about things like memory championships and memory palaces and stuff on mm-hmm. the show. I mean, the people who tend to perform the best at that kind of stuff have internal organizing systems. Hmm. You know, like like hmm. they set up they set up a way of organizing, decluttering all of that data such that they can keep it in uh uh, you know, a manner that it can be accessed immediately, which for me is mm. very challenging. But I've seen people do it. Like wow. I know, I, I know a guy who, if he meets you, um, he'll fi- he'll ask a couple of questions, right? And in the course of those questions, he'll find out some things like what part of town you live in, if you have kids, what you do for a living, if you have partners, this kind of stuff. Just very general stuff about you. Like, you'll right. just end up disclosing some of this stuff. And he remembers everything, including everybody's names. And it's the craziest thing. It's He just has to hear it once. And he knows, like, all the kids and how old they are and what your address wow. is and your phone number and your spouse's That's... name and birth dates, all the stuff. Like and he, he just files it away yeah. in his brain? Yeah, he just has to hear it once. Like, like we used to play Crazy. softball together 100 years ago, and right. it was... He knew everything about everybody. Everybody he would immediately meet. He would just have Crazy. all. So that's yeah. like his superpower. Yeah. Well, and and I asked him about it a bunch of times, and he said, you know, I have these, I have these ways of thinking about oh. it. Is what he said. I mean, like this a is mem- almost like a, a, a construct in his head of yeah. where how he yeah. clicks in that information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was fascinating. He didn't. He wasn't very sophisticated about talking about it, but he said, you know, I can just. I can, like, I see it all in my head. Oh, kinda. so almost yeah. like he could take, like, a picture of it. And yeah, yeah. But he wasn't like okay. that. He wasn't like that with other things. Like, he couldn't tell you everything on, like, in a dish on the menu at the restaurant where he worked or something like that. Or he wouldn't, mm. sometimes, like, he was a bartender. Sometimes he would have to look up what was in the drink. Wow. So, so, he, so he wouldn't get that. But but names so and a, people. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> okay, so... Let me talk. This article is how clutter affects our mental health. This is an article that this is by Dr. Kristen Fuller. This actually article has good advice, but one of the reasons they say that we hold on to too many things, well, one of them is uncontrolled consumer impulses, right? Again, the American way, like buy, 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 get more stuff, max out your card, whatever. Emotional attachment to things. I have a problem with emotional attachment. I, I do have a problem with emotional attachment to things. You mean like your grandparents' haunted nightstand? <laughs> yes. <laughs> stuff from my grandparents. Yes. Not that much stuff, but like now I'm encountering my kids' stuff, like from their childhood. Sure. Yeah. And so I thought about this tactic that I saw in my aunt. Shout out to my Aunt Terry. Saw her do this. When her kids left the house, she just took a plastic bin and again... She just said, whatever I can fit into this plastic bin for each kid, that's it. <laughs> oh. And then everything else is going away. Wow. And so it was like the keepsakes and the mementos, one, you each get one bin. Wow. For, yeah. Wow. So I thought, well, that could that maybe could work. What do you do, though, if you're, if you're emotionally attached to the stuff? Well, what do you do when you got to leave that one thing out of the you bin? You see, that's where I need to do some research on emotional attachment and decluttering because that's where I get tripped up. The other one they or say maybe is... Maybe you like could just s- buy two bins, Patty. Sentimental keepsakes, fear of getting rid of things, the fear, right, the need to hold on to past memories. 
So all of these things are what we do, what we do. Yet, however, sort of like the throwing things can be painful, but carrying, but holding on to too many things is painful in another way. All right, but hold on a second. So let's what? just stop for a second. So what? you and I are both trained in the Western humanistic tradition. Yeah. Okay. And so memory is a key feature of all of these narratives, right? Like connecting with the past, right. lessons from the past, mm -hmm. objects from the past, right. smells from the past, like all the stuff, right? Right. And so <clears throat> in my training, maybe as much as I try to resist this idea or whatever, but in my training, I definitely uh, encountered a lot of people with the idea that you hang on to sentimental things because they have a lot of value, right? Like you want to be surrounded by you know, your mentor's objects or mm. the things or that like you had when you were in school. Furniture your grandparents' furniture Like yeah. these things provide connect, meaningful mm -hmm. connections with the yeah. past. So you don't, you know, each one of those items is like a layer of richness. Oh, God, yes. And so, Ugh. yeah, right? I mean, you know what I mean? So it's like getting, extricating that. It's almost like you're throwing away a piece of important history, even though this item is so trivial. Right. It's an exis it's like an it's existential so choice. Because, this spoon or something. Right. Like you're I can't like, get this rid of the spoon. This is part of me. It's like I can't get rid of the sweater. This is part of me. It belonged to my grandfather, who is part of my family. And so if I'm, you know, in part therefore part of my past. So if I get rid of the sweater, what is that saying? It's about? saying that I'm getting rid of the sweater for <laughs> all of us. We are getting all rid right. of the sweater, well, which what is about the ugh, What about hard. one of the tips I read that if you send a mail about something, take a photo of it? Yeah. Take a photo of it, and yeah. then you have the, you can remember, you can go, oh, look at me and my grandfather's sweater. That I was That was really nice. I do think, especially when you talk about a bunch of items, that if you kept them, they would just sit around. I think mm. I think if you're talking about those items, photos are Just awesome. Check. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and because photos digital, right? Then they're not taking up more the photos taking, themselves. Yep. They're just maybe on a thumb drive or something. Right. And you right. Call them special memories or something. That's like right. That. That's right. And Grandpa's you can sweaters. Show your grandchildren, yeah. assuming that that form of media still is accessible. <laughs> Which probably won't, we'll, won't be, but... We'll probably just have a port on our head at that <laughs> right, point. Right, you just put the thumb drive in there. And or you, you just think really hard. Yeah, there you and, go. Yeah. Okay, so, um, so it's... Okay, so let's... Uh, this article... Okay, so it's stressful trying to find things when you can't find them. Sifting through stuff takes time and energy. can bring up a lot of negative feelings mm. to have too much stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a good one. All right. When you have too much stuff, you don't want to have people over. Yeah. Right, yeah. and so it can impact your sure. your feelings of socializing or wanting sure. to connect. So I once read years ago, this woman called it chaos. It stood for can't can't have anyone over syndrome. Chaos. <laughs> I'll never forget. Wasn't that clever? That's can't nice. have anyone because yeah. you feel like your space is chaotic and yeah. you're embarrassed and you don't want. So that's another layer of stress that too much stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? For sure. Because you know, especially. Especially now that we have this um, cultural awareness of hoarders, mm -hmm. people who have a lot of stuff, I think in a lot of cases, they're not sure if they're a hoarder or not. Mm -hmm. And they definitely don't want to have that kind of judgment, you know, right. like on them. And so, and so in a lot of cases, it's just that I have the stuff that makes me comfortable. And so that's not a problem. But you know, definitely some portion of the population slips over into <laughs> too much stuff, like excessively too oh much stuff. Oh, my God. I have a friend who still 
brings up 25 years ago when she helped me move the fact the fact that I said to her, "Hey, can you can you help me move that you know, and she, yes, and she walks over to my house and she's helping me move. It's yeah. like from one apartment to another in the same building, so that wasn't not everything was in boxes. It was in bags and stuff cuz you just had to go down the hall. Sure. And I had two shopping bags filled with Tupperware containers like re like plastic sure. stuff that you sure. rinsed out and you used. Sure. And she said that it was like two shopping bags and not everything had a lid and it was just like just threw everything into yeah. two bags. Sure. And she still makes fun of me. Not, you know, she teases me to say that. Teases me about the fact that I had this quote unquote clutter yeah. where it was just tons of these random containers with lids and let's hope that they actually maybe had a bait and made it useful or maybe it was just like, well, maybe I'll find the lid for this so I better not get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I understand that problem. I've, I've culled through that stuff a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah, you just yeah. have to eventually. Okay. Yeah. So I but it's okay up, if you move it without a lid. I came up with a technique <laughs> for socks and gloves and things where you like can't find the mate and you uh, don't want to get rid I came up with this strategy. What do you do? This is what I do. Okay. This actually worked really well. All right. I take a, a plastic bag or yeah. some kind of container and I put the single orphans yeah. in there and yeah. then I put them kind of on a shelf in my, okay. you know, near the other stuff. Yeah. And then I give myself to the end of the season or you can just say by a month or whatever yeah. to find it. And oh, then idea. if I don't find them, yeah. they I throw them away. Oh, cool. Good idea. And that's actually worked pretty well. I can Only for those two things, those items. Well, that's okay. It's a nice but start. Still, yeah, it was a good, it was it's a very nice practical start. start. It took yeah. care of my anxiety about, well, what if I throw away the sock? And sure. the other one turns up a sure. week from Wednesday. Oh, yeah. And or a, three months from and now. And then we might go then we might go with your mom's advice. <laughs> right? Like the, the mall is right. holding those socks Actually, for you. I could turn them into sock puppets. <laughs> so you could. There are many uses for yeah, a sock. Yeah, for single socks. Sure. And we could do a little play with little Marie Kondo thing. saying, you need to throw the single sock away. Oh, no, that's you nice. Know. I like, yeah, yeah. And Patty will do the voices. <laughs> I'll do the voices. Absolutely. Okay, so here's some other advice is first, throw out the trash. Oh, well, okay. uh, yeah, can, let what? me say a thing about that because what? I did once, I went to a friend's house when I was in college. Yeah. So if you're curious about where the line is in, term of, in terms of hoarding, let me tell you something that's uh -oh. absolutely true. Oh, boy. If you have a room such that any items are, ta are stacked floor to ceiling, Oh really? Any any anything? items, anything. If it's like stacked, phone books, whatever, newspapers no. in this case. Okay. One room had a path that you walk through, but the rest of it was stacked floor to ceiling with newspapers. Wow, from that's hoarding. Decades. That's hoarding. Ago. Yeah. Because that's hoarding. you know some of the stuff might be useful, and of course you would want to, um, you would want to recycle this newspaper, and you know maybe there's a valuable newspaper in there, and it's like not anymore. Oh, well, they're I mean, hoarding. That's a pathology. Yeah. They talk about that. Where even the people have so much distress, like about like getting rid of newspapers that are, that yeah. that is distress and anxiety mm -hmm. keeps them right. That's a bit. That's a. That's when you yeah. probably need professional help. That's how that place was, and that yeah. was an interesting place to visit. Wow, I tell you, you there were a bunch. Of, yeah, you well, there were a bunch that. of rooms like that right. with different, different like different items were stored in different rooms, and like oh. there were all of the toothpaste tubes. Wow. Because, once this whole thing collapses. Where are you going to get toothpaste? Wow. You need yeah. to cut open those tubes and scrape it out. Well, I just want you to know that is a real concern of people who are hoarders. That I is know. A, that's yeah, a legitimate absolutely. concern. So. I'm, not, I'm not sure it's 
I understand it's a legitimate concern. I'm not 100% certain it's legitimate. Okay, right. It's. Yeah. It, I mean, it's very real to them. Oh, to them. sure. Right, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, so hoarding, we're not talking about hoarder, hoarding in this particular scenario because that Just might need clutter. a professional help. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about plain old clutter where where you kind of know like there's drawers that I have or, yeah, or yeah. parts of the house where I'm like, oh, I really need to get under the sink and clean out all the... Oh, yeah. Like there's an empty container. Yeah. I'm sure there's two or three empty containers in there that need <laughs> sure. to go, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, okay, so here, let me give some advice because we have a we. How much time do we have left? Let me give some advice. Yeah. One is is a, a real one real quick way to do a quick is to just go through and throw out trash, mm. broken things, mm -hmm. things that need to go away. Mm. I actually found a good way to do this is to have one box or bag, which is for trash, one box or bag is this needs to go to another part in the house, sure. and one box or bag for this needs to go out of, like donated, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. donated. Yeah, because useful. what happens is then you're like, okay, I gotta run, put all this stuff away. No, no, just just make separate piles and make sure you have a trash pile. Right, right, right. Um, one of the say is reduce and recycle, okay? So this is the same thing that, right, like, if somebody else could be using this, you're not using this roasting pan. Uh -huh. Like I think if I've had a roasting pan for 10 years in case I ever host Thanksgiving and I've never hosted Thanksgiving, uh -huh. I'm not gonna roast a turkey. And even if I did host, I'd probably have Kingsley's Meat Market do it. <laughs> I think I can go to this roasting pan, which is in my basement in a box set to go to Goodwill. All right. But That's I think it's like, it. yeah. Yeah. So separate your wardrobe by season. Okay. I think this, I do this. Okay, yeah. That's yeah, a that's good useful. one. So yeah. it's not like you're trying to like, to your wool pants and your shorts are in the way and right like kind of yeah yeah because again these just this these sorts of little <laughs> strategies they make it easier for you to accomplish what you want and you don't feel like you don't experience the clutter right yeah the stress of like whatever however that? minimal like you just don't get that friction of having to sort through like where the hell right. I know the shorts why, I know the shorts are in here and why am I why am I having to deal with flip flops when I'm looking for my winter boots right, right? right yeah right, absolutely. okay another one I'm bad at the, I'm bad for the, uh, this one I'm not so it's avoid buying multiples of things. Oh, are you bad right? about that? Well, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, I will buy multiples of things. Um, now, this one that they give the example here, eight sets of dishes, no, I'm never, I'm not like that. I'm not like that. But sometimes I would be guilty of like, oh, well, you know, the other one we have, the other waffle iron we have works fine, but this one is... Nice and shiny and new. Ah, there and you go. And this one has these other bells and whistles. You like, you know? the, you like the new one? Mm, sometimes, occasionally I'll upgrade to something, but uh -huh. it's like, make sure you get rid of, see, my husband's not an upgrader, right? He's like, just use something until it literally falls apart. And then right. even sometimes it falls apart, just duct tape it back together. Oh, sure, yeah. Using it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. my friend Patrick, shout out to him. He mm. has this great strategy. This is what he does. Okay. He loves everything organized yeah. very neatly. Yeah. If he's out somewhere... And you, you're with him, and, and he's like, oh, hey. Or you say, hey, Patrick, check out this mug. This this looks like something you would love. This just makes me think of you. He will never take something home or purchase anything until he knows exactly mm. where it's going, mm. like exactly in the house. And and if, if unless, it, unless it's going to replace something, like if you have a shelf and all your mugs are in there, and there's not room for any mug. Well, I'm not buying another mug. He's mm. not going to. Mm. So he like literally doesn't go, well, I'll just go home and figure it out later. He mentally. And that's a filter. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty organized wow. thinking. Now, this one was really interesting. Indulge in retail therapy without the clutter. So if you love the dopamine hit of buying something, sure. buy it and 
for someone else who's who needs it. So mm-hmm. in other words, mm-hmm. put your money towards supporting other people who mm. maybe can't get the things they need in I life. See. And they quote one of our one of the books I like to quote, Happy Money. Remember that uh-huh. book? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, giving money to others actually makes people happy. I don't want to buy you stuff that then you're like, well, now you just gave me a mug and now you've added right. to my clutter. Right. So That's why I, I don't think, buy things for Justin Mogg. I right? know he doesn't want them. Oh, yeah. Or maybe you buy someone a he gift, still a gift card for a restaurant yeah. or mm. a car wash or something mm-hmm. that they can use. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I've, you know, It's tough because some people will say, oh, it's impersonal. And it's like, yeah, but isn't it impersonal if you give me something that I really don't know what I'm going to do with it and you don't know what I'm going to do with it and there's really you know, maybe it would even be way more useful for me to have the ability to do something outside my home or in, in, engage in a service mm-hmm. instead of having this thing. Like, mm-hmm. like, is, like, it just seems to me that if we talk about what's personal, buying someone a thing for their body or their home is not always the right move if what you're trying to be is appropriately personal. Right. And you know me. I love to bake. Mm. And I love to give people baking items because that's something they can consume Mm -hmm. and it doesn't Mm -hmm. take up clutter unless you know they leave it around too long or they consume it too much (laughs) (laughs) and then they just add space on their body right right i've had had that yeah i think that you've i think you've done that to me i'm sorry well you didn't intend to you were just giving the joyful gift of baking so it's my it's my my overindulgence that we've got to think about really okay Well, well i mean you make good stuff well, thank you for that. Absolutely. Everyone who works with you knows this. This is Well, a, it is something I If you I didn't enjoy. know it, then you know it now. Well, this show has inspired me to think about getting rid of some stuff and yeah. maybe actually do it. Well, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's worthwhile. I, I, I like having empty space. Like, I like having empty space. I, I have lived in spaces before where I packed all my stuff in it, and it's just like it's like a furniture shop. Right, mm. so all the walls is just one one piece of furniture turns into the next piece of furniture turns into the next piece of furniture, like all the way down right. the wall. Right, you know, and you've got like all the rugs, like right? no white space. Yeah. yeah, there's no empty space, and so in those places, I I guess I used to not really worry about it, but these days I go, oh yeah, that just seems like there's too much going on. Like I just really yeah, right. wanna. I guess maybe it's a little tough to really take a full breath or something in that space. Yeah, so. yeah, that's exactly what they're talking about with this yeah. article. Yeah. How does that space make you feel? Maybe that's... it's just because I'm getting old. Um, well, <laughs> you definitely want to, before you die, you want to call through all your stuff so that Ian, your son, doesn't have to do that. Oh, he wouldn't want any of that junk, yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. He, what of your stuff would he want? I couldn't even say. See? Yeah, maybe, See? maybe, uh, maybe something sentimental, but otherwise, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if there's anything that's valuable. Yeah, maybe one of your swords. One of my swords. He can maybe. have them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's something to think about. Sure, and we'll maybe talk about, uh, that kind of stuff on another show, but for this show, we hope our conversation about decluttering mentally and physically has been useful for you. Been great for me. Well, very good. And as you go about your day, try to think about what would help you in your thinking because friends, improving thinking is for everyone. Even you.